Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite the Queen's Practical Wisdoms for Life podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Today, we'll be discussing letting go of old things. How do you determine whether an item is sentimental or useless? In other words, how do you determine whether to keep it or to toss it? Lynn, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I just want to start off with full disclosure and say that I am terrible uh, about getting rid of things. I just keep finding ways I can reorganize and store more stuff. So while I'm not a hoarder, thank goodness, um, it's still pretty sad. So with that said, I am able to periodically go through things, sort and toss or donate items that we no longer need. And um, what to save is partially about available space, I have to say, um, as I have never allowed myself to get a storage unit. So <laughs> so for me, it's like a cliff, and I don't want to go over that cliff and get a storage unit. So, um, And what to save is more about, you know, our associations with the items and questions, and especially my association with the items and questions, since I tend to be the one who's doing this. Although I will say my daughter is very good about going through things and sorting them. Um, and, and in fact, my daughter is now 21, and yet I still have one big plastic bin filled with my favorite baby and toddler clothes from when she was little. Outfits that are special or hold special memories. And so I've determined that, yeah, I'm going to keep those. And when I go through that thought process of what to keep and how do I determine that, it's really a balance of how likely I am to want it or need it in the future, uh, the space required to store it, uh, the value to repurchase it, and then, as I said, my feelings about the object. And every item that I'm sort of evaluating is weighted differently. So in other words, the case of the baby clothes, it's 85% of feelings, but 15% of storage space because I've got it all in one bin, you know. So my advice is to ask yourself the following questions. Will I ever want or need to use this object again? Would it be useful to someone else? How easy is it to store? So it's not just the size and the weight, but is it clean and in good working condition? Um, how much would it cost to replace or, or can it be replaced? Um, and imagine yourself no longer having the item and think about how you feel. So put those answers together to help you make the decision uh, to keep it, donate it, or toss it. Uh, Rachel, what are, what are your thoughts on how to determine well, I used to be a pack rat as well, but I am not anymore. And what I've discovered is that most things are not sentimental. They're things. Things are things. Memories are memories. And it's good to have reminders, but most things aren't necessary. So when I was going through my stuff, I have a 
used to have a lot of stuffed animals. And, you know, like a lot of kids, I had this idea that my stuffed animals had feelings and that if I didn't give them enough attention, then they would be sad. And that's kind of something that objectively I know isn't true, but the feeling of it, I've never gotten rid of. So I kept these stuffed animals because I thought that I would like hurt their feelings if I got rid of them. But eventually I had to understand that I'm not going to use them again. And they're taking up a lot of space. And in terms of their feelings, they're just in a box being neglected. So if you want to think of it that way, they needed a new home. It's kind of like in Toy Story 3, they needed a new home. So when it comes to things like toys and stuffed animals, 99% of the time, donate them. When it comes to old clothes, 99% of the time, donate them because you're not going to use them again. And, you know, there are other ways to remember those kinds of things. Clothes are, they just get musty and gross. Uh, I tend to have a lot of books and store a lot of books. And those are a little bit more difficult to get rid of because I have this idea that if I have a bookshelf full of books, I will look smart. But they take up a lot of space and they're very heavy. Um, so with books, you go title by title. But if you can't understand or decide whether something is sentimental or useless, put it in a box and put it out of your sight. Leave it there for a month, six months, no longer than a year. If you don't miss it, and if you don't even think about it, toss it. And for, I would say, 80% of the things that you do that with, you won't miss. So just get rid of them. Because even if you have the space for them, you're going to need to use that space for something else in the future. And so just, just let go of these things, because it's not going to leave a hole in your life most of the time. Tina, what's your opinion? Well, I'm, I am a saver <laughs> and I save everything. Um, it's, it's ridiculous the amount that I save, but um, you know, when you're determining whether or not an item is sentimental or it's useless, I, I suppose you, you place a value. I place a value um, and whether or not I have space for it. And like Lynn, I don't have a storage unit, thank goodness. I would, I don't know what that would look like if I had a storage unit. But I do, I, I, um, I'm very sentimental about ticket stubs. Oh, and I, I'll pull one out and oh, that'll bring back the memories of the people that I was with and the time that I had. Um, little tchotchke things from just business trips or things that I've taken, little notes, old Christmas cards, you name it, I find something in them to be a value to me, personal value. It's really difficult for me to, to toss things out. Um, it's not difficult to toss out things that remind me or don't have good memories. Um, that I have no trouble getting rid of. I have no no problem lighting the sage and saying goodbye to, to, to certain things that were um, bad memories. But... Um, uh, if, if it if it still if it has some sort of a uh, sparks something in me, sparks some sort of a uh, sensation for me, then um, then I keep it. All three of you have mentioned being a pack rat at one point or another. How can you overcome your pack rat tendencies? Tina, can you share some advice here? I think it's pretty interesting that the three of us have that uh, somewhat in common. Although Rachel, I I applaud you in in trying to to move move out of that tendency um, you know de decluttering is the go-to term right now right there are books about how do you 
declutter? How do you um, get rid of things to make a cleaner space for yourself? And it has a lot to do with the law of attraction that the more you get rid of, the more open your space is for new energy and for new opportunities to come in. So the more you get rid of and the more that you that that you toss or set aside, the more uh, the, the more energy can come your way. You're not blocking that energy. Sounds a little Zen-like, uh, but I, I think that that's very true. Um, I do try to keep areas that are cleaner than other areas that, that don't, particularly if I'm on a, uh, talking on the phone or something, I don't like a whole lot of things around me to distract me. Um, but I have to take a little, little things at, at a time. So five minutes here, five minutes there to, to clean up areas. You start in one place and then move through. And I like the idea, I think Rachel, you had mentioned having a box and if you don't, you put everything in a box, and if you don't, if you don't go to it, then go donate it somewhere, or or pitch it, or or something like that. And I think that there's a place for all all paperwork, um, business and personal. Uh, that then there's there's paperwork that that you need to save, and that that you could um, shred. I'm showing you. You can shred it or or toss it. Um, you have to clear off your counters and your desk space. Uh, next, take a, a shelf. I have books that I don't read, and I donate those books. And I do that once a year. I'll go through if I haven't, if, I, if I'm not using it, or I'm not using it re reference. I will donate those books. Otherwise, the books that are are on my shelves are ones that I do refer to. Um, that's that's one area that I that I'm pretty good about uh, keeping keeping clean. Um, Makeup bins and that sort of thing. My gosh, if you don't go through your makeup bins once a year, you're in big trouble. You're just asking for, for um, it's not really a clean. At that then it's more of a cleanliness um, situation. But just spend a few minutes putting things out, and and it feels so good to be able to donate things off to uh, to uh, nonprofits that for people that can really use them. Things that are in your closet that you that you don't wear or that you think maybe you're going to wear sometime. Just Set up, donate them makes you feel a lot better <laughs> Lynn what do you think yeah no I love the zen like um, comparison so I'm going to share a story about how I learned to stop keeping everything and enable myself to donate and toss items and my grandmother died when I was in my late 20s and I helped a lot um, to go through her home and prepare it for sale and I want to clarify, she lived through the Depression, so had been through an extended time of hardship and necessity, and, and the necessity to keep anything that could be reused. So with that background, as I frame my, my story, you may be able to visualize what we encountered, that every cupboard, drawer, and cubby in her home was stuffed. Drawer, drawers were almost impossible to reclose once they were opened. It was like a crazy jack-in-the-box or the snakes in a can. You know, it's like, whoa! <laughs> um, she had cut off buttons, zippers, and fasteners from garments and saved all of those. Um, every takeout container she ever had had been washed and saved for some future use. 
I kid you not. Um, any broken item had been glued or somehow jury rigged together. And it was truly a mountain of things that had to be sorted and tossed. And every night that I went home after spending, you know, several hours or most of a day at my grandmother's house, I would go through one area of my own home and I sorted, tossed, and donated. I just got literally two bins out to toss it or donate it and I sorted things and it really helped me look at all of my stuff, you know, air quote stuff uh, with new eyes. Um, and I think it allowed me to see if someone else went through my things, what they would see, right? It, it was like this lightning bolt of perception and it really rocked my paradigm of how I looked at the things that I had. And I will say that I, I, I got rid of tossed everything that was broken in my house. Um, and that's whenever, a great story. Lynn. <laughs> wow. That it really is a good story. <laughs> so whenever I need to go through and sort things, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I actually put myself back in this memory lane of this utter stupefaction of what I had found sorted and tossed at my grandmother's. And I sort of think, and I reframe like, okay, look at all this stuff. Um, <laughs> what, what would someone think if they came in and had to deal with this. And, and that has really helped me a lot. So um, my story, Rachel, what's your story? So I said earlier um, that I am or used to be a pack rat and I'm no longer a pack rat. And how did that happen? So um, after my dad died in 2013, I was set on a little roller coaster of moving around. And depending on how you count things, moving between dorm rooms or not, if you don't count that, I've moved between five and ten times in those four years or so. And that's a lot. And what I found was that during my upbringing, I had collected quite a lot of stuff. And moving is not fun. Packing things is not fun moving things around is just not not very fun. So over the time, each time I moved, I would find that I just couldn't bring myself to bring some certain percentage of the things that I had. Just like, I don't need this. I don't want this. I don't want to pack this up. I don't want to find space for it. And so that's how I learned not to be a pack rat. As with everything, it takes practice. So keeping in mind that less stuff means less work is really helpful, not just moving it around, but finding storage for it in your own house or or figuring out how it could be useful, looking for it later on. Just if you have less stuff, it's gonna require less work in the future. So in order to overcome these tendencies, as I said, you have to practice. So if you're forced into practicing like I am, then you don't have to worry about how you're gonna find that practice because it's thrust upon you. But if you're not moving again and again and again, you'll need to find a way to practice in other ways. And what I would suggest is doing what Lynn had mentioned in her story, which is go through one section of your house at a time and look through the stuff that you have there. Do you really need all of it? No, you really don't. So toss it or donate it. And as you go through your house, you'll find that there's just a lot more space and as as Tina was saying, it's going to declutter your home and allow more energy flow if that's something that you believe in. But either way, you're going to feel just much less burdened. So that's a great way to 
to get practicing. And if you need a little kickstart, we're not quite to spring yet, but when we get there, you can do a bit of spring cleaning instead of washing your windows, clean out your house of all the stuff that you don't need. And yeah, it'll take some time and commitment, but in the end, I think it will be worth it. So do work hard to overcome your pack rat tendencies because they're just holding you back. These are all excellent insights and ideas. Lynn, I especially enjoyed your story about sorting through your grandmother's home. Why is it important to keep special items? Rachel, what would you say? Well, I'd start with a similar sentiment that I said earlier. Most things are not, aren't that special. So you need to be very choosy about what you're thinking or what you're keeping rather. So select a few things. You do want some things to represent important times in your life, whether those be the ticket stubs that Tina was talking about or maybe the, the baby clothes that Lynn was talking about. You do want something to remember those times by because those memories aren't always gonna be at the forefront of your mind and you'll need a little kickstart. And it is important to keep those around because you don't wanna forget about the great times that you've had. So memories are important and so are the reminders. But if you're going to keep these things, my recommendation would be to keep them somewhere accessible. If you've got something that's sentimental of value, but it's up in your attic and you can't reach it, then it's not, it's not serving its purpose and it's not serving you. So that means that you have to limit the number of special items to what you can keep in your actual home in accessible places. But I think that that's what's really going to help you because you don't wanna forget about these things. And not only do you want to have things for you to remember by, but Later on, you might want to be telling other people about what happened in your glorious life, and having those special items is going to really add something to those people's lives to see those things and feel those things, especially as we get older. So, yeah, I mean, special items are, of course, important, just most items aren't special. Tina, what about you? Well, I think I would not get rid of my gold medal. If I won a gold medal, I think that would be a special item that I'd want to keep because I would want to show that off. Um, I, you know, I think special items, it's a very personal thing. What's what what's special to me and what's special to you, Rachel, and to Lynn, um, all invoke it. It's a very personal item and it's a connection, that, a personal connection that we have to an inanimate object, typically. Um, it's what what that invokes for us and it's that remembrance and and um, the remembering of a, of a time or a person or a, a connection of um, a, um, a time in our life something that that represents something important to us and um, my ticket stub may mean something to me and Rachel you'd look at it and say you may not even know the, the who, who's on the ticket for <laughs> it could be that old um, and I, I think that from uh, identifying what is special is to, it's such such a personal decision, um, and there are some people that would say you could put things in different piles and just decide this is important, this is somewhat important, this is kind of important. But then you look at them and they go, what what really has meaning for me? And if it doesn't have meaning for you, then I think um, it's a little easier to. Um, to say goodbye to it and always be grateful to something that you're saying goodbye to. I, I meant to, to mention that earlier in the decluttering. Um, there's a, a certain grace in in thanking items. I think there's been a, there's a recent book 
that's written. I can't think of the name of it, but that's all part of it. As you say, thank thank you for for your service to me. Thank you for being special to me in my life. And now I'm I'm letting you go. Um, but again, it's a very personal. Special is a, a personalized term. Lynn, how about you? Well, I I really like this your story about ticket stubs, and I think that's what's so important. It's the way they make you feel, how the items make you feel. Just holding or looking at a special object, to your point, can bring back memories. It can be comforting. It can make you happy. Um, maybe you're having a bad day, and holding a beloved stuffed animal, of, uh, as Rachel, I'm sure, still kept a few. I know my daughter did. Um, can help you feel um, and help uh, feel better and just really refocus. Um, the sight, the smell, the touch, or even the sound of an item, depending on what it is, can be a really powerful, positive, emotional trigger. And, and maybe there's a special story. And it's easier to share the story when you're showing the object. Um, and so with all that said, I also want to take a step back and say, you know, that you, we all need to remember that what's special will change over time such as Rachel's story about her stuffed animals, um, you know, uh, my story with my grandmother's things. At one point, something that you saved for years may transition so that it just no longer holds that same level of importance. And it's time to let the physical object go because you still have the memories. I mean, we're, that we've all agreed about that. You still have your, your precious memories. And there will be new items that take its place. So... I think that's that's why it's important to keep what's special to you, you know, and just remember that um, things change. We have time for one more question, and we have one from Mandy in Toronto, Ontario. Mandy says, I've been paying for a storage unit for years now. I never go to the unit, and I know I have tons of stuff to pitch. I just can't bring myself to do it. Help. Thank you, Mandy. Lynn, how would you help out with this all too common issue? I'm going to say first stop looking at it as an overwhelming chore. You know, instead, tackle it one section at a time and make it a social activity. So ask a friend or a family member for help. It could be a group or a, a group of family, a group of friends, um, or just a few people to assist. Um, make it a great day with tunes and snacks and beverages. Um, take phone Fun photos, you know, like hold up some crazy garment that you wore who knows how long ago. It's like a blast from the past, you know, have fun. Um, bring along the boxes and the bins that you're going to need for sorting and lots of hand wipes. Um, and, and plan your route afterwards so you can drop the items off to be donated. And with the right attitude, uh, the supplies and the helpers, you're going to have a great a heck of a party, right? And just do one part of it and then schedule a second party for the next time. Uh, Tina, what's your suggestion? Yeah, Lynn, I, I agree with all of that. I think number one is to have help. Don't go to the storage unit by yourself. Get get a friend, family member, some other, get get some support to, to go into that unit. Uh, and then tag it a, a, a place at a time. Don't feel that you have to do, it's like an elephant. You don't have to go after the entire elephant. Just take one space, take one right-hand side or down the middle or take the, take the edges, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. Figure out where you want to start. And um, 
and just don't allow it to overwhelm you. Um, if if you go in realizing that you're you're not there to tackle the entire project, you're there to do what you can. And when you start to feel overwhelmed, then back off. Don't make it a chore. Really don't make it a chore. Make it to, to Lynn's point, have some fun with it. Take a camera, you can take some pictures of things that, that you're going to put. And if you have your your different bins on what you want to donate or what you're not so sure about and and what or or maybe some things that you don't even know why they were in there. They should have been put in the trash a long time ago. You maybe have some things to go off to the dump. But um, I would absolutely have people there to help me have the right attitude and then step away as soon as you start feeling too overwhelmed by it and come back another day. Rachel? Well, I think Tina and Lynn have done a good job of, of making it a little bit easier because honestly, Mandy, this isn't going to take as long as you think it will. Um, in the past, I've always felt like, oh, it's going to take me decades to get through all of this. But it just takes a few sessions of one or two hours, or I mean, depending on how much stuff you have, of course. But it's not going to take as long as you are dreading. But as Lynn and Tina have both mentioned, it's they're very right. Do it one little bit at a time. You know, you, it would be nearly impossible to do an entire storage unit in one day, depending on its size. You'd have to be just really commit, and that doesn't sound like any fun. Now, Tina and Lynn have both mentioned bringing people along with you for the emotional support and to have some fun, and that's really important. But another service that bringing somebody along could have is to help you be a bit more objective. You know, these are your things, and so you're in the midst of it. And I know that in the past, when before I started moving, I would clean my room and I would just get distracted because I found an essay that I wrote when I was in fifth grade. I was like, well, obviously, I have to stand here and read this entire essay now. Um, when that's just not the case. So these people are here to help you stay on track, to help you ask yourself some questions and ask you questions themselves about what serve, service this has provided before, whether it still serves that purpose and whether you need to say goodbye. They'll help you be a little bit more ruthless at times or maybe not be so ruthless. I know that um, I was getting ready to get rid of an important doll from my past and my mom was like, no, this she's very important to you and you have to keep her. So I kept her. She lives at my mom's house now. Um, and when you're going through things, sometimes saying goodbye to those things, as Tina put it, can be very difficult. So you might have to have a maybe pile, a pile of I'm not sure whether I would want to keep this or want to get rid of it. And then give that a little bit of time. As with the boxes that I mentioned earlier that you had them away, most of the things that you put in that maybe pile are not really necessary to your life, but some of them are. So you can take some time to sleep on it, think about it, revisit those things time and again, and you know, make the decision on whether it still serves a purpose to you. And if it doesn't, if it's fulfilled its purpose, as Tina said, say goodbye. So it's not going to be as hard as you think, Mandy. So I hope that this will give you some motivation and and you'll be able to persevere through this this task. Well said. Thank you, Lynn, Tina, and Rachel for your wonderful suggestions. I'm sure they will help Mandy and others facing similar struggles with going through and letting go of old stuff. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. 